Hello, and welcome back to another FACT podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique, a chiropractic technique founded on movement and breathing. Well, in today's podcast, we're going to cover some things I've alluded to in the past over the past year. Um, I've actually done partial podcasts on this subject, talked about it coming in sideways, the back door, the second story window, but I think I'm just going to hit it head on. The true cause of the pa- pandemic. So as we uh, look at look at the true cause of the pandemic, I want everyone to take a step back and I want to make, clarify it from the beginning. I'll probably clarify it in the middle and at the end of this little podcast. I am not saying that COVID-19 doesn't exist. I haven't for a year. In fact, I predicted it in a seminar in Lincoln, Nebraska. Was it Omaha? I don't know. It was a really big space. I uh, was talking about it in the Nebraska Chiropractic Physicians um, Spring Convention, and I talked about um, such a pandemic, what would happen, did it live in front of, you know, two, three hundred uh, chiropractors. And of course, most of them just laughed at me and couldn't believe I cussed so much. But amazingly, um, everything came true, but I haven't received 200 apologies. I may, imagine that. Human nature is really interesting. But going forward, what, what is this all about? Well, we know there is a new novel virus, yes. But SARS-1 and other coronaviruses from bats and other like creatures constantly mutate. If you go into the research, and I won't do it now, but if you want it, I'll send it to you. There are plenty of research showing that SARS-1 mutated many times from 2003 until now. Kept mutating in different villages in China, different places in the world, and kept mutating. Just like the other coronaviruses mutate slowly. So these coronaviruses mutate. They change. And whenever there's something new, our immune systems are overwhelmed and try to set up defenses. If you survive, and this is normal biology, if you survive the infection, the next time you get it, yes, many coronaviruses, you will get reinfected. It's not lifelong immunity. It doesn't work that way. It never has, never will. You just get a smaller cold or no symptoms at all. Amazingly, New York Times followed a uh, research article that came out in Science yesterday validating everything I've been saying for a year, that we need to get all those with a strong immune system out there. They either have to get the natural infection or vaccination, but, you know, the vaccinations aren't around yet. And once they get that second round of um, infection or third or fourth, it'll be weaker and weaker. You need to go out there and beat the bully up with the strong immunities, which is the kids, not us. Kids between the ages of, what, 7 and 21 should be out there. You shouldn't be shutting down the schools. Now, they didn't infer that in the research article. They just talked about um, inter-host dynamics, which means you need the strong immune systems to beat the hell out of this virus. So that's important to understand that, you know, everything I was talking about was correct because it is correct for humans. This is how biology worked. So what is the true pandemic? Why is everyone scared about this thing? When you look at the statistics, if you're under 70 and have no comorbidities, you're going to be fine. Um, 
again, if you have, if you're overweight, have diabetes, have a poor immune system or sick, guess what? RSV is going to take you out. H1N1 is going to take you out. OC43, the other COVIDs will take you out. We know that. A pimple will take you out. You'll get MRSA. You'll get some type of staph infection. Those take you out. That's why people die over the 30s. And here's what I think the pandemic is. And, and I asked um, our little uh, Facebook group, you know, hey, what do you think, you know, where did all this terror and fear come from? You know, and I think it's been the dumbing down of humans, I would say at least um, since the 1990s. Let's start with participation awards. Every kid gets a trophy. Well, no, some kids did better than others and some kids sucked, but we don't want to hurt Johnny's self-esteem. Now, look what that's got us. We have a lot of people with poor self-esteem, both people that both children who started off as winners and athletically gifted and prowess. And and then we have the ones that are, you know, motor morons that are clubs, they're clumsy and should stick to chess and checkers and computers. Um, And that's okay. Um, Not everyone's going to catch a touchdown in the Super Bowl. And not everyone was born and designed that way. That's just life. We have variety. It's a beautiful variety of life. It's amazing. So we've dumbed down, you know, winning and losing. So all of a sudden, everyone gets to be an expert. Everyone gets a quote-unquote degree or everyone gets a trophy. If you look at the high school degrees and what was required of was what's required of my four teenagers right now compared to what was required 50 years ago it's a joke you know most of the most of the teenagers coming out of high school couldn't get through eighth or ninth grade 50 years ago much less 100 years ago we won't get into the educational weakness in this country in other countries but that's so true so when you start giving out you know trophies to everyone and where everything has no value when you give trophies out to everyone. You've now watered down the value of playing soccer or trying hard. So effort is not rewarded. Merit is not rewarded. Well, then all of a sudden, you know, the facts of life are not rewarded. Some people get sick and die. Some people don't get sick and they, they fight it off and they get a stronger immune system. Or they injure themselves and they come back from an injury. It amazes me how we can all watch football, basketball, sports on TVs. We can watch, um, we'll go ahead and we'll watch the Olympics. And we're amazed at these people going for success. But in our own lives, we've dumbed that down. Everyone gets a participation medal. Well, I worked out 15 minutes yesterday. Well, did you get any results? No. So we've, we've actually blurred the lines of what, physical activity and biology do everyone gets a participation award which means no one gets sick and everyone is healthy even though they are sick if you go to mcdonald's every day and you're 100 pounds overweight and have high blood pressure and diabetes you are sick i'm tired of seeing on tv oh this person lost their their parents to covid both parents were over 300 pounds and had comorbid conditions you would have lost them to anything else Yes, it's a horrible disease because it's new. But as the research just showed yesterday, 
once we've had it, like every other virus that comes out, we'll condition our immune system and we'll kick its butt. That's how life works. So all of a sudden, we, we now have put in, we've dumbed down how powerful you, your own actions can do. You can do something about this virus, not by putting on a mask and social distancing, but by changing your own body, strengthening it, taking a few vitamins, eating better, sleeping better, reducing stress, losing 50 pounds, getting up and moving and doing 45 minutes of activity every day, an hour of activity every day. You have 24 hours in a day. If you do one hour of exercise every day, you will change your life. That's a very small percentage. Okay. That's amazing that, you know, people, that's not even on TV. We've demonized, to quote a colleague of mine, we've demonized illness. We've demonized stress. Bad things happen. Illness happens. And that's how you build yourself up. You do weights a little bit every day. You build up your immunity every day. And now the natural, natural selection, the normal biology of life is turned away from. We're into a fantasy world of Netflix and TV and video games that this is how it works. And if I hit a button, I get another life back. It doesn't work like that. Never had. There must be a magic potion, lotion, injection, vaccine that I can take that will, I push the button and I pop back. And anybody with dealing with chronic illness knows there is no magic potion, lotion, injection, drug that you can take. There's no magic pill that will bring you back to a strong state. You have to do the work. You have to change your diet, change your lifestyle, change your exercise habits. That's what brings you back. That's not being preached in the media. The true pandemic is a pandemic of social ignorance. Not ignorance like you're rude or disrespectful. Ignorance and lack of knowledge. A pandemic of lack of knowledge. That's unbelievable. That's crazy. A pandemic of lack of knowledge. So knowing that, understanding that, can look, we can look at, no, no wonder everyone's fearful. Because everyone thinks that everyone is equal. And you're not. Sorry. You may be spiritually equal. Um, the Constitution says we're equal, but that's equal rights when interacting with others in government. Not what life is going to give you. Some people are born differently. Some people are born with athletic gifts. Some people are born with better immune systems and health than others. And just understanding that that affects how you interact with yourself and the environment is huge. That's called reality. That's called biology. Now, the cool thing about an organized, civilized society is we can teach those who may be weaker in other areas to strengthen those areas, to come around. That's the amazing part. The amazing part of exercise and diet and healthy interventions, that you can change some of these things that you're born with, that your DNA says that you have to be this way. No, not really. You can start changing some of that. It's called epigenetics. So we've dumbed down, you know, the differences in people. So now everyone's afraid when the healthiest should not be afraid because they don't even know they're healthy. They don't even know their skill set because no one told them, no one coached them, no one told them that they have T-cells. They still have a thymus gland. When I asked a 12-year-old, hey, 
Tell me about your thymus gland because they still have one. What does it do for you? I don't know what that is. Well, a 12-year-old should know that they have an extra organ in their body that protects them from COVID-19. But no one's telling them. They tell them to mask up and play volleyball. It's ridiculous. So we've demonized illness. We're going against the natural order of things. And another thing in this pandemic is the propaganda that goes on. I can't tell you how many times I flipped on TV and they say, this is the darkest year, the darkest day in our country's history relating to COVID-19. I'm not talking politics here. So the, you have, you have these, this crazy, I feel like, I feel like it's a, you know, a sideshow, a circus where someone's out in the front calling, come see the bearded lady, come see the strong man, come see the guy with a rubber face, he, you know, screaming and yelling, you know, trying to get people, call, you know, coming in and just embellishing everything. Well, I, I flipped on the TV just a few months ago and said, this is the darkest day of the pandemic. Well, no, statistically it wasn't. I ran the numbers. I'm like, what's going on? Nothing. It, why, would a, why would a leader lead by scaring us? Because it wasn't true. If it was true, then that's something different. You know, a day that will live in infamy as FDR said about Pearl Harbor. Yeah, 3,000 Americans wiped out a big chunk of our Navy, and we went into a war that eventually ended up being, you know, killing hundreds of thousands of people worldwide, um, injuring millions, displacing millions, changing the map, and the creation of the greatest destructive force, nuclear bombs, ever. He was absolutely correct, 100%. And he knew it when he said that, that this, the world's going to change after this. Because everyone's going to go at war again, and we have more technology. That's what those words meant. But saying this was the darkest day of the pandemic, there, there wasn't bodies laying in the street like the Great Plague of Justinian. Absolutely not. And it's not even close to the Spanish flu, where there's bodies laying around, and there was somebody dead in every household in certain cities of this country. One person. If you had a house of seven, somebody died or got near death. That was the Spanish flu. It would wipe out whole houses. Not happening here. Yes, it's wiping out 80-year-olds because we're allowing them to stay in long-term care center, nursing homes, and uh, assisted living that recirculate the same air that has a small coronavirus in it, an aerosol that is getting into their eyes. I don't care if they wear a mask. It's getting into their eyes when they rub their eyes, and they're going to get sick. We talked about the aerosol of COVID-19. So... All of a sudden, we have this propaganda of fear. And you ready for this? Fear has now become a virtue. It used to be a liability. It used to be, you don't show your fear. Boys don't cry. You've heard that stuff. You don't show fear. Or if you are afraid, you attack it head on. You take on the bully. Face your fear. How many times has your coach or your parents, if they're good parents, probably not the ones now, in our house it is, where we say you have to face your fear. The only way through to get through fear is to go through it. The only way to deal with fear is to go through it. Face your fear. That's not even being taught in schools anymore. They're saying hide. And, you know, a lot of this is external blame versus internal blame. Now, some of this I could talk politics where, 
you know, one side blames the other for doing this or that, instead of, well, maybe you should have looked at your own candidate. Why don't you look internally where people were blaming a bug, a virus, a bacteria, it has to be fungus, instead of blaming themselves, which could be just bad genetics, sorry, slap your parents, that's what they gave you, or what could I do? I have these horrible conditions. There's got to be a way. Someone must have had these horrible conditions and got over them. There's got to be a way to move through this. And there are examples. You know, we're, we're a world of over 5 billion people, probably 6 billion now. There's people that have had your health condition, your problem, whether it's physical, emotional, socially, financially, relationship. They've had your problem and got through it and wrote about it and talked about it. Go find out. Go find the answer. There's hardly any new recipes for anything. We've been around long enough. Go find the answer. It's out there. Now fear, fear is a virtue and blaming others is a virtue. You blame everyone else except yourself. I see it all the time where kids aren't getting good grades and the parents get involved. Not helping them out at home, not making sure their homework's done and reviewed by the parent before they go out and play or get on their video games or get on their smartphones. But they blame, oh, it's the teacher. I've heard it in my own kids. Oh, this teacher sucks. This teacher is terrible. And I'm like, well, no, they're a teacher. And it's not their job to entertain you. This isn't TikTok. This isn't YouTube. This isn't a Netflix series that you're going to, you know, binge watch um, all night and go to bed at 3 o'clock and be tired tomorrow and wonder why you can't learn your algebra. No. This is a teacher. All they do is present information and they can coach you. And they may be a good coach or a bad coach. But it's your job as the student to take as much as you can out of the educator. It's your job, not the professor's. It's your job to ask the questions, to think. And if you have to open another book and you have to go online and do some YouTube um, tutorial videos that help you out through your math or your history, read some books on the side. I, don't, I can't understand this person. I know when I went to college as I was having trouble with organic chem, I, I physically could not understand the professor. He was a new young guy. Um, from the um, from the east, I could not understand him. Um, from an Asian country, I could not understand him. And my uh, tutors and the people in lab were terrible. And I'm like, okay, it's not them, it's me. Because other people were doing well in the class. It's got to be me. So guess what I did? Went and bought another book because I didn't like the book he was using. Bought some summary books, started studying on my own, and got another lab book and did it on my own. Asked for help, found the smartest person in the school, in the class, you know, took him out for some pizza and, and said, hey, show me, show me this problem. How do you work this formula? How do you do this? And I filled in the gaps. That was my job as the student. It's not passive. It's active learning. Active learning. And nowadays, they just flip open their tablets, their laptops, and, you know, they're, they're supposed to get it by osmosis. So dumbing down and blaming others. What is, if you're overweight 
and you have low vitamin D and you have diabetes and you're getting old and you haven't worked on your telomere length and trying to do things to extend your life, if you're not doing life extension, you know, supplementation or diets or exercise, if, you're, if what you do scientifically and by clinical resources sources, shortens your life, how can you expect to fight off a new virus? You're not going to be able to fight off the old ones. So yeah, the real pandemic is people looking for external causes instead of internal ones or finding a balance between your internal and external environment. And something that I think is a real important now, when, I'll go back to education a little bit, but the real pandemic as I said, is the pandemic of ignorance where people don't understand and didn't know that coronaviruses existed before now. So when you went to your medical doctor and you had a cold, a cough, and, uh, you know, they checked you for strep, not strep. They checked you for the flu, not influenza. And then the doctor says, and every one of you have heard it, oh, it's just some virus. It's not some virus. It's either OC43, 229E, NL63, HKU1, or RSV A or B. There's your choices. That's what it was. It's not some magic, you know, fairy tale thing. It's not a unicorn, you know. It's a virus with a name. But it's too expensive to check for all those. They're not going to check you for OC43 because a lot of people don't die from them. And if you did get sick from it, they just put you in the hospital, put you on a broad-spectrum antibiotics, some steroids, give you some air, and hope you live. Pretty barbaric. I think it's barbaric not knowing how your body works and the names of all these viruses out here. So when the, when the idea of COVID-19 came out, coronavirus, here's what it looks like, I'm like, yeah, so? The textbooks on coronaviruses and various textbooks had been written before 2019. Usually, the last one I have, I think, is the, the copyrights 2017. Talking about all these. I own a few of those textbooks. Guess what? It's a pandemic of ignorance. And then the biggest, the biggest social conditioning I've seen is where people have a lack of self-trust. Trusting your own eyes, trusting your own ears, trusting what you, can, what you can taste, what you can research. When I tell people there's no bodies in the street, they're like, oh, that's not what's on TV. I'm like, what are you saying? Just go out there. I was talking to my wife this morning about this, and something that really pisses me off is like when it's storming, when it's raining outside, it's dark, there's rain coming down, the sidewalks are wet, you can see the rain on the leaves, and someone walks outside, their hair gets wet, their shirt gets soaked, and they say, no, it's not raining. What do you mean? You're wet, there's water coming out of these dark clouds, that's called rain. It's not raining, it is raining, sir. And that's more than cognitive dissidence, the, the mental condition where even though you have facts presented to you, you disregard them. You know what this is? That's mental illness. That's where no matter what facts are presented to you, you either come up with an excuse, you push back and you say anything contrary, even what you say is nonsensical. You know, there's people I know like that where I'll tell them, yeah, you know, my, uh, my, uh, my kids' um, grandparents are from Belarus, and I think a great grandfather, their great grandfather, was from Minsk. 
And they're like, oh, that's Russia. No, it's not Russia. It's Belarus. I, I think I know where the, uh, my great, uh, the great-grandfather of my kids is from. And they looked it up on their phone to prove wrong. I'm like, when did you study, you know, Eastern Bloc geography? When's the last time you even know that? Oh, I didn't know. But why did you comment that it must be in Russia? We have now gotten to the point where everyone, because they have a Google machine in their hand, thinks they're an expert without doing the work. And they will just get into an argument intellectually for, intele- for, for just the argument's sake, just so they can find some way to be a winner, get those points. Well, that's because we've dumbed down everyone and gave easy trophies. And the natural human instinct is to do better. It's competition. Competition drives everything. Competition for food, competition for procreation, competition for shelter and security. It drives everything at a very primitive level in our neurology, in our brain. You can't remove it. I don't care how many times you go up to the mountaintops, and I don't don't care how many sensitizing classes you take. It's there. There's something in your life that you're you're in competition for. And you know what it is now? Virtual virtue signaling virtue signaling where now we're not fighting for a piece of land or fighting over a spouse or fighting for food we're fighting over i'm a morally superior person than you are and here's why i can prove it we haven't let go of that the pandemic of ignorance or the or the lack of winning the participation prizes and now everybody wants to put themselves into a group and do that. So what's the real pandemic? Well, the pandemic really is a lack of knowing who you are, your place in society, your place in your family, and a lack of knowing, hey, I don't know anything about biology. Maybe I should do that. A lack of drive of motivation to be better. It's easy. We want our doctors to do it. Oh, put on a mask. That's easy. Running 45 minutes a day on the treadmill and eating better is hard. Oh, I got a social distance. That's easy. Loving your neighbor and caring for someone where you drive up your dopamine and serotonin and improve your immune system. That's hard. Oh, I, I won't go to school. Because getting around people and being socially awkward and trying to do better in a crowd, that's hard. When the lockdowns drop, probably by this time next year, it'll be all different. And what's going to be different? Are we going to be smarter or are we going to worse off? And I'm not talking about the pandemic. Obviously, our economy is going to be crippled. But you know what's really interesting is the crippling of our intellect, our morals, and our motivation for to be the best person your human potential can allow you to be. And this is another fact podcast.